You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> On Saturday night at 8.15 p.m., America will be watching as the NFC East champion Washington football team welcomes Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to D.C. And we had to bring our favorite Bucks fan, Jay Ludz, has been shooting with us all year. And we got him in studio tonight. Ludz, welcome to the feast. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm here in the house. I'm finally on a mic and ready to talk uh, NFC playoff wildcard weekend. Wow, he's really here in the flesh, man. I can't believe he's here. I think he went 500 this year, right? 500 or just above 500? You got to give me more credit than that. It was a little over 500. He was 20 and 18. I can attest to exactly what he was. He was a winning better. But all bets are off tonight as Tampa Tom, his boy, will attempt to do something that was actually already done this week by a different group of guys, and that is storm the nation's capital. But before I get into the playoffs... Let me rewind a little bit and talk about how we got here. And I want to start with my Dallas Cowboys and them uh, shitting the bed in week 17. Uh, I'm not going to get into the X's and O's. None of you want to hear me talk about the Cowboys, but I will be back next year. The Cowboys lost to the Giants, which gave the Giants an opportunity to be the division champion if the Washington football team were to falter on Sunday night football against Philadelphia. That, of course, did not happen in large part to Eagles coach Doug Peterson, who decided in the fourth quarter to place Nate Sudfeld in at quarterback and pull Jalen Hurts. Now, as I'm watching this game, George, as I'm sure you were, I hear Chris Collinsworth say, I I think Nate Sudfeld's warming up on the sidelines. And my thought was, oh, Jalen's got to be hurt. Uh, and But then they pan to Jalen Hurts. He's not mic'd up, but you could read his lips. And he's saying, this ain't right, man. And now it's being reported that a few defensive players on Philadelphia actually had to be restrained from coach Doug Peterson. Now, George, you were a football player, a high-level high school football player. If they would have taken out a Danny Reyes or Matt Selby to put in a backup when you guys had a chance just to make a strong divisional, excuse me, conference win against a team like Eastlake or Palm Harbor, how would that make you feel? I would be very upset. I couldn't imagine being, I mean, especially being a senior and that happening. I can't, I can't imagine being a player with the Eagles. I don't think it's right what happened whatsoever. I know it was to my benefit. Absolutely. And if everybody wants to say that we would have lost, if, if Doug would have kept Jalen in, I'm okay with that. I don't appreciate that. There's, it's not high character. It doesn't show your team that you're an honorable coach. And I, I don't like seeing it in the NFC East. I really don't. I can't say enough about it. Um, I know again, we got, we came on top and, 
That's all I got. Take the victory, bro. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if 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 I would have been as a Cowboys fan. If we would have defeated the Giants and I saw that happen, I would be absolutely livid. So I'm sorry, uh, New York Giants football fans. You got to be mad, but be mad at. Bro, don't say sorry, bro. Really? Listen, man. I'm not in this. I'm sorry to the Giants. You guys heard it first. Brian Wills apologizes to the New York Giants. I got no dog in this fight. I get no dog in this fight. If you keep up that attitude, I'm going to bet the Buccaneers. You bet your ass, all right? I came on this podcast (laughs) wanting to bet Washington football. If I have to uh, step in real quick. Please. I did hear there's some reports that the benching of Hurts may have came from upper management. Boom, Ludge, you stole the thought right from my head. It just came out, and thank you for saying that, my friend, that Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles, may have been the puppet master behind this. So everyone's... Oh, dude, no no head coach is going to go out on a limb and do that while the front office is watching every move they make. A hundred percent. I don't... The general manager. I do not think it's a coincidence that the Eagles moved up from the ninth pick up to the sixth pick. Now, really, at that point, I don't think the Eagles are going to get a quarterback. Are they going to get a Micah Parsons from Penn State, the linebacker? Maybe. I I don't know what they're eyeballing. But they did move up in the draft, and they really did have nothing to lose. But Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, I think you may have lost that locker room. I think of somebody like a Jason Kelsey, been the starting center there for a long time, a proud football family, the Kelseys. This man said less than a month ago that nothing in that organization will ever take precedent over winning. And that night it did. I don't know who I'm going to blame for doing it, but I know that Zach Ertz, who probably played his last game as a Philadelphia Eagle, I don't know if you guys know this, he stayed on the field at the Lincoln Financial Field that night until 1 in the morning, crying his eyes out, thinking about Nick Foles winning that Super Bowl, thinking about the city of brotherly love and how much he loves playing there. And that's going to be his last memory. Now, I'm not going to carry on like this. I'll, I'll let us talk about you know some exciting news, which is the wild card weekend. But Miles Sanders said it best. Nobody on that field, none of those 53 men who had their chin straps buckled wanted that to happen. I don't know if it was Doug Peterson, but fuck you, Doug Peterson. Fuck you, Howie Roseman. You did a disservice to the Philadelphia Eagles. You did a disservice to the New York Giants. You did a disservice to the National Football League. So shame on you, Philadelphia. But we're done with the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys because only one team, regardless of how it happened, Won the NFC East, George. And that's your Washington football team. I don't feel bad for the Eagles fans, though. Scumbags. At all. (laughs) I did want to say that. No, very very well. Worst in the NFL, dude. Very well stated, Ludge. If anyone deserves it, they did. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, I don't know if nobody can actually see this other than YouTube, but I'm going to do my best Molly Karam or Joy Taylor impersonation and perk my tits up real nice right now because I'm going to be the moderator and we're going to have a little debate here. Okay, you guys ready? Yes, sir. All right. All right. So, so explain the debate, though. So, so the people know, okay. right? I'll break. I'll break down the rules for each of you. I know we we uh, explained it before the pod, but much like in the UFC, when Herb Dean tells the fighters before they um, touch gloves, I will give you guys the rules. It's going to be a- so. Just so everyone knows, too, Jay Lutz is a diehard Bucks fans. For most of you listeners, I know y'all know that, but he's diehard, and obviously, I'm a diehard Washington football team. And we're gonna we're gonna go at it, bro. I'm ready to go, Lutz. You ready to go ready right now? To go. Let's go. Let's go. I was hoping this was going to be the matchup for like two, three weeks now. I've been eyeing the East. I knew we were going for that fifth seat, and uh, I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. I mean, it's the first time the Bucks have been in the playoffs for years. Thirteen years, to 13 be exact. Years. The Browns are even longer, but you know the Browns are almost at almost twenty. Too much. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Feed me, feed me a topic, bro. I'm going all right. First. The rules are very quickly. It's going to be a quick little three-minute debate. We're going to go three subjects. You'll each have thirty seconds 
to answer, okay? So I will cut you off abruptly at 30 seconds. Don't try me. The first topic will be the vaunted Washington football pass rush versus Tom Brady. Now, my specific question to each of you, will Will Washington's football, Will Washington football's pass rush affect Tom Brady, or will Tom's quick release time not make it not an issue and still be able to run an efficient offense? George, I want to start with you. 30 seconds. How do you think the football team's pass rush stacks up against the Bucs? I have a very interesting stat that I read the other day, B. Brady's completion rate falls from 71% in a clean pocket to 34% when facing pressure. And the five horsemen are coming at him with Kerrigan, Chase Young, John Allen, Deron Payne. Can't answer Sweat. the rest of the question, but I knew where you are going with that. I like the five horsemen, and I like that stat on Brady's completion percentage. Very well stated, Mr. Van Riper. Jeff Ludlow, you have the floor for 30 seconds. How do you think your boy Tom Brady does against that pass rush? When was most of those stats taken the first four weeks of the season with no offseason? Uh, we got a rookie O-lineman, Tristan Wirfs, who could be the offensive player of the year for an O-lineman. So look at the last four weeks. You know, you, Bruce Arians has a, you know, everyone knows no risk it, no biscuit. If you notice the last four weeks, they haven't played anyone great. And they will be playing a great defense that might cut you off this Saturday night. Kind of like you're done, sir. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) B. Wills is having fun with this. There's no way that was 30 seconds. It was 30 seconds. Oh my god. 30 seconds, dude. All right. Gotta go fast, man. Now, Jeff, you're gonna have the floor first for topic number two, which is how will this talented group of Bucks weapons, and maybe you can give us some insight if Mike Evans will be included in that group. But regardless, you still got Godwin and Gronk and Antonio Brown. How will they stack up against the Washington football secondary, who is number two in the league against the pass? So since I'm getting 15 seconds, I'm going <laughs> to say touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. Brady's getting it out quick. Look at the last four weeks. They're not they're not throwing it deep as much. They're getting the ball out of his hands. The running game's been solid. O-line's been playing well. Washington secondary is good. I don't know who they're going to put on Gronk. That's a big question mark for Washington. Um, we'll see. Cam. We'll see. But um, all right, I gave you about thirty-one and a half on that one. Now, George, I mean, I'll, I'll help you. So I'll, I'll give you a bonus five seconds, and I'll take it. Saying maybe your boy Cameron Curl, and I really like those stats that you sent me comparing Cameron Curl, who was drafted in the seventh round, against Jeremy Chin, who was drafted in the second. A lot of people think Jeremy Chin's going to be the defensive rookie of the year. Cameron Curl should get some pub for that. But 30 seconds, George, how does your secondary stack up against those Bucks weapons? Hey, Tampa Bay's got some great weapons. You know, Mike Evans, hopefully he's out. AB's there. They got some studs, Chris Godwin. But guess what? Washington football team, second fewest yards a game. Third lowest quarterback rating allowed. Third lowest completion percentage allowed. Third lowest yards per attempt. Also finished with the second most interceptions and gave up the fewest passes for 20 and over yards. Ooh, you got those stats in quickly, boys. Wow. Delivering some fire. Ooh. Very impressive by both of you. All right. Well, right now I got it a draw, one-to-one. I don't know who won each one, but of course I'm going to say that. So going into, the, going into the third debate, we got a hot topic. And that is, can the Washington football team score enough points to not only make this game competitive, but perhaps pull off the improbable upset Saturday night in the nation's capital. Jeff, I'm going to let you go first again. How do you think your Bucks defense, you, you shut these boys down and not to let them score enough points? 
On George's last comment, I'm confused if he was talking about their defense or their offense. <laughs> now, to get back on topic, um, I think the Bucks' defense is skeptical. I still don't know what I think about them. They're struggle some weeks. Some weeks they show up. Shaq Barrett's back. I think Alex Smith's hurt. Bad uh, calf. He's not going to be able to move much. I think we do get enough pressure on him to where he's trying to force the ball a little bit. And um, I just don't see Washington scoring enough points to keep up with the Bucks' offense. I think the Bucks do score enough points to win the game. And we're out. Now, Luds, I want to give Luds a bonus 10 seconds, but George, I think you're going to like why, okay? Because I'm going to hop on George's team real quick and say, I know you're hyping up your defense, who is very strong against the run, but can we talk about how perhaps your best player overall and certainly your best defensive player, linebacker Devin White, will not be playing in this game. Is that correct, Jeff? That is correct. I'm sad. The NFL did us no favors. Did you no favors? They haven't been doing anybody favors anytime. You get a cough, you get a sniffle. You know somebody who coughs or sniffles. They'll get your ass out of the game. Ask the Cleveland Browns coaching staff about that. But, George, now, without Devin White, do you think the Washington football offense led by Alex Smith or possibly Heineke will score enough points to make this game competitive or pull off the upset? I truly think Heineke... Can't, I can't do it. Can't go that high. Uh, that was embarrassing. Um, but the second half, Heineke has to get in the ball game. We cannot. It's a very slim chance we win this game with Alex Smith. Okay. Uh, he can simply just knock it out of the pocket. He can't move. You saw in the last game, it was embarrassing. I will say Tampa Bay ranked 29th in, in, uh, against, the, against the pass and completions. Okay. That's pretty good. No, you got a few more seconds? Yeah. yeah. All right. No, Oh, that's, no, that's it, a good that's stat, didn't I? You guys did great. All right, stat. I want to interrupt the debate now, or should I say bring the debate to a close. Um, I brought up a topic, um, very highly debated topic now. Ron Rivera said he may rotate quarterbacks in this game. And now, George, you text me Sunday night as the football team were putting on their championship hats, and you said, and you texted to John Warman as well, who will be on the show very shortly, that the Washington football team should start Taylor Heineke and you were confident in saying that, correct? And that was long before the rumor came out that Ron Rivera might rotate quarterbacks. Now, we yeah, had a very special guest, um, someone who we follow on social media and also gives us a lot of love. His name is Brady. Uh, his Instagram, please, everyone go follow him for the best NFC East topics. It's NFC underscore East underscore debates. Now, Brady sent us a call in, and he wants to give his two cents and who he thinks should be under center for the Washington football team Saturday night. So, number one, I just do think Alex Smith has more experience, obviously, than Taylor. Smith has played in this league for a very long time. He has played over 170 games, 174 games to be exact, while Taylor has only played eight games. And his most recent playing time was his loss versus the Carolina Panthers. Number two, Alex Smith just clearly has more experience with this team than Taylor Heineke does. Uh, the trio, like Logan Thomas, actually, you know, quadruple, whatever, what you want to say, Alex Smith, Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, they're all just kind of clicking. And they're just really good chemistry. And it's just much better than Taylor Heineke does. Uh, Taylor has only played less than one game with the Washington football team. So that's clearly Alex Smith has just more chemistry with uh, Washington. And number three, I think Alex Smith is just a much better game manager than Taylor Heineke. I think he can handle situations much better than I think Heineke could. Heineke is obviously a lot younger than Alex Smith. 
uh, he he has a better chance to crack under pressure than Alex Smith does because Alex Smith has done this for a very long time. He knows. Right, hold up, hold up. For sure. What you got? For sure. No, I, I I do agree with him on the experience of Alex Smith, but when you can't move, the experience doesn't matter. Can I can okay? I um drop in? You guys know I love stats. I got a stat here about the experience of Alex Smith. Do you know his experience in the postseason? His past five games, he has a record of one in four. Okay, just wanted to drop that for you. I will. I remember him losing a lot. Um, I apologize, George. Alex Smith is two and zero head to head against Tom Brady. Oh wow, good stat. Totally different teams, but it's just a fact. Now, George, let me ask you this: Would you? I will say Brady. Brady. I just want to comment on Brady again, real quick. Um, I agree with you on the amount of chemistry that Alex Smith has built upon with his skilled players. It's it's very obvious that these guys believe in him, and it's a lot of risk for getting a young guy like Heineke in there to to, to make things work when when it's obviously been working with Alex Smith at five and one for the twenty twenty season. I agree. All right, let's let Brady finish up his thoughts real quick before we move on. How to play this game better than Heineke does. But you could say, you know, Alex uh, Smith is a less mobile quarterback than Taylor. Taylor is very Definitely. mobile. You know, Alex Smith is more of a sit-in-the-pocket po- type guy. He can, you know, run, but obviously his injuries in the past have affected that mobile ability. But, and also, speaking of injuries, Alex Smith is coming off an injury a few weeks ago. Calf. So, overall, uh, that's not too good for Alex Smith, but I just do think... Uh, he would be a better quarterback to play versus the Buccaneers. I think he is the best quarterback on this Washington football roster. And Well, he's certainly better than Dwayne Haskins, and that's why he's starting in this game. And like we said, uh, Alex Smith is 5-1 and one as a starting quarterback. One more note on the quarterback, George, I want to ask you. Would you rather, going into this game, regardless of whether it's Heineke or Alex Smith, have Ron Rivera pre-game say you are my quarterback for 60 minutes regardless or do you like the wild card that he could maybe rotate these guys i like the wild card i like the competition i know alex wants to stay there as much as he possibly can this is might be his last game of his career so he's going to put everything in it and ron rivera owes him a couple snaps and i understand that however if he's not driving the ball down the field if he's not getting completions if he can't step into the pocket if he can't get out of the pocket Dude, it's not worth The fan base doesn't want that. We get it. Alex made it a miraculous, miraculous comeback. I'm my player okay? of the year. We all we understand that. But let's move on. We got some We got some mojo going. If Heineke's healthy, get him in there. If Alex can't. All right, let's move on from the average quarterback play, regardless who it is, the Washington football team, because there's another quarterback in this game. And um, some, actually most, would probably say he's the greatest to ever do it. And that is number 12, Tom Brady. Specifically, I want to talk about Tom Brady is a young man who plays football for the Washington football team, Chase Young, most likely the defensive uh, rookie of the year and a pro bowler. Now, as he exited FedEx field after winning the division, he screamed out, Tom, Tom Brady, I'm coming for you. Now, I personally do not like that. And he was asked by a reporter and he doubled down. Did you know that? He said, of course I want Tom Brady. And when Tom was asked, he gave the very professional answer. You know, I love the kid's spirit, blah, blah, blah. And I want to say uh, one quote that Chris Collinsworth um, gave on Sunday Night Football during the Eagles game is he asked Washington football defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. 
who does this kid remind you of? He seems so special to me. And Chris Collinsworth had an awesome answer. Uh, excuse me, um, Jack Del Rio had an awesome answer. He goes, listen, I was a part of the Baltimore Ravens staff back in the day. He goes, I cannot remember a young player coming into this league and taking over a locker room from a leadership standpoint, both on and off the field, other than none other than Hall of Famer, number 52 from the U, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis. And dude, that, that's yep. as high of a praise you can get. So just the fact that um, Coach Del Rio would put Chase Young in the same sentence as Ray Lewis says enough about him as you need to know. But, Luds, I want to ask you first. Do you think that you know maybe poking the goat was not a good idea for young Chase? I really do respect Chase. I think he's a team leader already, being a rookie. Um, it's understandable. They're hyped. They made a playoff uh, appearance. You know, they're getting in a playoff game his first year there. Um, so it's understandable. It's right after the game. He's running in, and um, I do think it's a little premature. You are calling out the greatest quarterback of all time <laughs> and the way that our offense has been rolling the last four weeks. But um, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I think – I don't think it's terrible what he said, but at the same time, I it's going to be eating his words when this game. Ooh, GBR, how you feel? I just think we all need to remind ourselves that the kid is twenty years yeah. old. Damn, he's that okay. young. Okay. Uh, Very true. Yeah, like he's he's young, young, bro. I was doing some way worse things than calling out Tom Brady when I'm leaving. And like I said, you know it mean? was uh, it was hyped up. It was after a big win. They're running in, you yeah. know. So it's understandable. The media's gonna blow it up. It's obvious the media's gonna blow oh, it up, just like we're talking about it right of now. Course. You know? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy with what he did. I'm not I'm not mad at him I, as long as he brings the spirit and bring, you know keeps doing what he's doing. I'm not mad. You about better him. bring the spirit because I was watching that Buccaneers versus Atlanta Falcons game and I noticed something. They scored on eight of their nine offensive possessions, George. Do you know the one possession they didn't score? It was when they had victory formation and they knelt the football. Meaning every yes, every single time the Bucks touched the football. Now, 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 granted, Washington football defense, they're number two in the league against the pass, one of the best. Bro, let's be real. Let's be real real quick. The Cowboys beat the Falcons, all right? Ouch. That's a low blow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> came on here so- oh. We're not talking about any other teams in the division right now. It's about Washington football. I'm going to get you back for that. I'm going to get you back for that. That was messed up. Okay. Now, now something else I want to talk about is the Washington football team and how they are a Jekyll and Hyde of a football team. George, specifically, I want to ask you on this. Washington football has the third worst point differential in the first half of games, but they have the second best point differential in the second half. Now, first of all, do you feel if you guys get down early, and I'm gonna just going to say this from a non-biased standpoint, if y'all get down early against Tom Brady, if y'all get down 14, 17 points, it's over. So can you guys avoid getting down early? And if you do, can you do what you've traditionally done all season and mount a comeback? Yeah, we're going to come down. I mean, we're not – that first half, I would take the spread 100% I'd swallow for the Bucks spread that first half. It's going to be a second-half game for us because at the end of the day, if Alex is beat up a little bit, he's not playing that second half. And then Heineke, who knows? He has a miracle. He starts bringing the team back. But, yeah, no, I, I don't see us coming out super hot on offense, defense. We just have to make sure they don't score, you know, 21 points in the first half. We got to keep them to 10 to under just to make it a game in the second half. That's the, at the end of the day, that's the goal is to make it a game in the second. I half. think you guys need to create a turnover or two as well, but let what do you think? You think you guys come out well, and, you know, score early and often. I know, like I said earlier, I, the bucks haven't played anyone great the last four weeks. They beat Minnesota, Detroit, Atlanta twice. Right. 
but they are coming out hot. I mean, that offense is starting to roll. Yes. They're really starting to pick it up. Look at Antonio Brown, what he's doing. AB looks very good. They're scoring 20-plus points before the middle of the second quarter. How many points did they score in the first half against Detroit? It was 30-something nothing (laughs) at the half. So they're rolling. Washington's going to have to play their best game, I'm telling you. I I mean, it's going to be a little closer than people think. It's not a blowout. But um, Washington's defense will keep them in check. But I think if Rojo, Ronald Jones, can get the running game going a bit, pick up a few first downs, take a little pressure off Brady where that pass rush isn't really completely taking over our Mm O-line, Um, I think actually to touch on that, to touch on that, speaking of that, real quick, real quick. I think Redskins are Redskins. My fault. The Washington canceled. My bad. (laughs) Get them out of here. Get them out of here. B. I think if chase young is going against Donovan Smith, Mm -hmm. he has a lot better chance of putting on some pressure. That rookie Tristan Wirfs, man, I keep hyping him up, but he has played well against everyone this year. That's your boy. um, Ron Rivera knows the bucks. He's been in, Carolina Panthers, he's been in their division a while. I think he has a good idea what the Bucks bring. Correct. So that is a plus. Just make sure, uh, just make sure his shoes are tied, bro, because he's going to be running around. Oh, is all, I'm saying. all right. But I want to hear. I want you know whose take I want to hear right now. Who's, whose take you want to hear right now? I want to hear CT's take. Oh, you. I want to hear CT's take about that defense. Now, now, now CT, like me, is going to have no bias in this game. CT is just a, CT is a as we've said before he's been on the podcast he's actually the only other person other than Jeff himself who's been in studio so we love you CT thank you so much for listening every week promoting the podcast supporting us man you're one of our best friends in the world now let's let CT have his take on how this game will go down Mr Hamilton the floor is yours NFC East feast playoff football time boys if the Redskins want to keep Tom and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from storming the nation's capital. <laughs> They're going to have to control the clock, keep Tom off the field, and when Tom's on the field, generate some pressure up the A-gap, get a good outside rush, and make Tom as uncomfortable as possible in that pocket. Shout out to the Redskins, George. Good luck to you, my friend. I'm not sure it's going to go in your favor, but anything's <laughs> possible on Sunday. Shout out to the Titans. Tighten up. And no free shout outs for Doug Peterson because you're a fucking coward. <laughs> you shouldn't have been shit. <laughs> gang, gang, CT. Hey, hey, baby. I like what he said about the A-gap blitzes, though. I just wanted to touch on that real quick. I think that we cannot survive off of rushing four. Okay. And I understand we're good. I understand our Very front good. is good. And we're going to get going to get pressure and the only reason our dbs are looking so good and giving up so little completions and points and yards is because of our front four allowing or getting that pressure with our linebackers staying back in this game we have to do some a gap blitzes with holcomb with uh with pierre lewis with these guys so it is it's a must we're gonna have to blitz a little bit to cause some pressure for tom because that offensive line from tampa bay is no joke i will admit they're very good now george i don't know the x's and those nearly as well as ct or you someone who played the game before now those a gap a gap blitzes will those be predicated on your big boys on the inside jonathan allen and Payne winning their matchups one-on-one 
hundred percent. Now it really depends on what the center wants to do, but the, if 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 John's on the nose and he shoots the B gap, Payne shoots the uh, C gap. Next thing you know, that that gap is wide open for Holcomb or or someone right next to. The key is is right when that center makes a move to either take the left or the right, the linebacker splits whatever the center took. Okay. So if they don't take Deron Payne and they wait for the backer, then Deron Payne obviously has uh you know only one guy to get past to the quarterback. Okay. Gap this, gap that. The only gap <laughs> in the game is going to be Ronald Jones finding that running gap because Ooh! I see him <laughs> 60 75 yards at least. Uh also, I don't know if you knew this George, I want to say this stat. You know, a lot of people aren't giving the Buccaneers D-lines a lot of credit. 48 sacks this season. Washington football team, 47 sacks. Oh, yes. Yeah, Devin White. Devin White had nine of those oh. sacks. He's a linebacker. So thank you so much for recalling that stat. Anyway. Very good rebuttal by George. But the fact, Luds, that the Buccaneers have more sacks than Washington football, that's very surprising. I mean, I'm sure it's very surprising to a lot of people listening to this. What happens when you blitz three times a year? So Another right. matchup I want to um, come to, George, if you don't mind is um, Ludz was talking a lot about Ronald Jones, and I'm sure that Leonard Fournette will be involved in, uh, as well in that Tampa Bay running game going against the, that defensive front. I want to flip it over to the other side, George, because I think a key factor in Washington football pulling off this upset will be Antonio Gibson and that Washington football running game. And also, you know we, that we consider here on the NFC East Feast, we consider J.D. McKissick's um, short passing game an extension of the Washington football running game. So will the dink and dunks to J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson be enough to chew up the clock and keep Tom Brady and that potent offense off the field? And I was deeply saddened last week, dude, when, when, I, when I saw Antonio Gibson just not looking right. The offensive line wasn't getting a lot of, you know, they weren't really getting right. You know, we, we, uh, we signed a couple guys in the O-line. You thought that they would really step it up. But I didn't see a lot of uh, forward progress with these runs. I mean, I'm seeing two, three-yard runs. We got to pick it up. I will say that was, uh, that was disheartening. Now, can McKissick get around with these linebackers now that Devin White's out? I really think he's going to be open. He's going to be open for those dinks and dunks. And if we got to move the ball down the field like that, like I can't say we haven't done it before. It's a matchup problem for sure. Now, Luds, I want to um, hop over to you guys again. Um, we talked about Mike Evans' injury. There's another big injury out there who a lot of people might not know that. Um, Carlton Davis, the Buccaneers cornerback, he will miss this game. Is that correct? I don't know. You don't know. I he, think he's questionable. He's no, he's questionable. He's from questionable. from what I've heard, um, him, and, him and Mike Evans are both on the wrong side of questionable. Yes, I don't think they've ruled him out completely. Uh, we really could use Carlton Davis, especially against Scary Terry. Ooh, uh, we do need him. Okay, he let is me ask our best corner. Lutz, he is our best corner. I got I got a debate for you all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather have in this game, Mike Evans or Carlton Davis? If only one of them can play. Carlton Davis. Carlton, all, wow. All day, all day. I mean, you still have enough offensive firepower to beat the Washington football For sure. Team. Now, against the Packers next week, that's a different story. Oh, you're already looking ahead to the Packers. Yeah, I am. Oh, but Carlton Davis is our best corner. We definitely need him this game. If not, you know, we got Sean Murphy bunting. Jamel yeah, Dean, Jamel right? Jamel Dean step in. Dean's a pretty pretty big corner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fast. He's probably our fastest corner. So right. I can see him on Scary Terry if needed, but... Scary Terry's going to get his. If Carlton Davis 
Bro, ain't nobody, ain't, ain't nobody scared of Carl Turner, Ronald, bro. Whoa. Come on, dude, get out of here with these jeans, these Buccaneers. Jeez, look at a Brady bunch of bucks, dude. Okay. I think coming from a, a Bucks fan perspective, Lud's perspective, him saying that Carlton Davis would be a bigger addition, addition to Mike Evans tells you how valuable he is to that team. But George, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, Terry McLaurin has looked healthier these past couple weeks coming off the injury, so if Carlton Davis is out. Um, I look forward to uh, Scary Terry having a good game. Now, you know someone I like to bring up every single week is Logan Thomas, one of my favorite tight ends. Now, I want to um, throw another little mini debate out there. I want to give you each about 30 seconds to talk about how your tight ends, uh, of course, big Logan Thomas and Rob Gronkowski, match up against the defense. Because I think both tight ends could have a huge factor in this game. George, I want to start with you. Logan Thomas has had a brilliant end to the season. Do you think he's going to be a factor in this game? I think he's got to be a factor for this right. game. If he's not a factor, we're not a factor. Right. 100%. I, I, he's our best receiver. I don't think Terry's that healthy right now, Lutz. And I'm worried about that as well. So, you know, now that Devin White, I don't know if he's really a cover guy. Maybe he blitzes just all the time. But I don't know. Who's who's going to cover Lutz? Who's going to cover uh, my boy Logan Thomas, you think? Levante David. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very, very athletic linebacker. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so we'll see. But I, can I can I talk a little bit about Gronk, though? Do you know who's going to cover Gronk? I'm, Logan, I'm, Logan? I'm going to guess it's going to be Cameron Curl, George, but you elaborate on that. You know who Cameron Curl is, Lutz? No. Not a lot of people do. I'm just why I'm asking. To be honest, no. I, I, no, no. I mean, he, uh, he, he's a stud. He's not – okay. B. Wills, I'll allow you okay. to talk about him because I'm biased. For a seventh-round okay? rookie, okay, out of Arkansas, as we say before, who pig suey WPS to all the Hogs fans out there. What's his size? Cam- Cameron Curl, he's he's a big safety. Okay. I, I don't know his, his exact dimensions, but I do know some stats here on Cameron Curl. A lot of people are pumping up, as I said earlier, Jeremy Chin to be the def- defensive rookie of the year. Jeremy Chin started 14 games. Cameron Curl, only 10. Yet Cameron Curl only has four less tackles. Cameron Curl has more tackles for loss, more sacks, more interceptions, and only one less defensive touchdown. Jeremy has two. Cameron only one. So for a seventh-round gem, Cameron Curl has been one of the most brilliant draft picks. Shout out to that front office in the Washington football team. And yes, George, obviously I think Cameron Curl is going to cover Gronk. George, do you think he's never seen anybody like Rob Gronkowski, though, bro? This isn't covering um, – who's your who's your doppelganger on the Cowboys? This isn't covering Dalton Schultz. This is Rob Gronkowski, George Van Riper. No, at the end of the day, even if he gets his, he can tackle. Cam Crow is the best tackling safety in the league, and I'll go ahead and say it right now. He is absolutely the best tackling safety in the league. I, I'm just, I, I know a lot of you will disagree with you. If you watch the tape, if you watch the tape, have you ever seen Cam Crow miss a tackle? I mean, I can't say I've ever seen him miss a tackle, but there's quite a few safeties. Maybe Jamal Adams on Seattle might have something to say about that, who set a record for by defensive back. I believe Jamal Adams had nine and a half sacks for Seattle. So you're going to say that, that your rookie safety is better at tackling? Well, because we don't blitz Cameron Curl, we're, we're, we're penalized okay, because listen, of that? George, me and you are being nice to each other today. So, Luz, I want to flip it over to you. Does his boy, Cameron Curl, have a chance against the monster that is Rob Gronkowski? Like I said, I don't know too much about Curl. He seems like a good player. He's a rookie. It's his first playoff game. Gronkowski has plenty of experience. Him and Brady have a great connection. They've really been bonding the last few weeks. Everybody knows Gronk, man. He's hard to tackle. He gets open. He's got great hands. Um, 
And don't forget about Antoine Winfield Jr., dude. We're talking about his father having experience in the NFL. He's yes. been a great safety for us this year. Jordan Whitehead also. Okay. We got some safeties that can hit, dude. And um, Washington football team, they need some help. You got a hobbling quarterback. <laughs> you got it going against the Bucks D-line, who's, I think, number one against the run. I think they have jumped into number one spot. They're I one, believe, or, I believe one or two. So Antonio Gibson's not they give up 3.6 yards a carry, number one. How do you think the Washington football team is going to score more than 10 points this game? 10 points. I'm saying seven. I'm saying 17. Seven, you're getting seven. So that's not that's not too much of a reach. I mean, I'm saying 17, and, and we have to give up less than 14 points to win. That's going to be tough, man. Now, I, was, I had the misfortune of turning on a local Tampa Bay sports radio this week, and I heard the absolute disrespect from – T. Kras and Ronnie and Ian and the rest of these clowns here. I, I, they have nothing on MC East Feast, I should say, right now. These, they said they were going over-unders, and I believe the over-under in this game is right around 45, 44. And this dude goes, well, the Bucks are going to score at least 30. So, yeah, I guess I'll give the Redskins, excuse me, Washington football 10 and the Bucks 34. I do not think the Bucks are going to score 34 against this defense. Somebody who might agree with me is – if not GVR, our favorite Washington football fan and another loyal listener of the pod, John Warman, thank you so much for always supporting us, man, and thank you so much for this fire content. John, how do you see this game going? NFC East Feast. Thank you guys for having me back on to talk about the Washington football team. I'm really happy that you guys continued this podcast and just crushed it week to week. And I'm even happier that it's the Washington football team that gets to be the one in the playoffs. Uh, Washington getting in with a losing record. Everybody's up in arms. But one person who's not seen it that way is Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is looking at this team led by Alex Smith as a 5-1 and one football team. He's taken us seriously as he should. I think that our greatest strength is their greatest weakness. If we can win up front on the defensive line, I like the Washington football team. Honestly, as a pessimist uh, to this organization, when you're a 20-year fan, that kind of comes natural. (laughs) But anything can happen in the playoffs. If we rush Brady, they've got a sub-top-10 offensive line. We've got a above-five-ranked defensive line. That's the key to the game. Washington's got to control the line of scrimmage defensively, and we've got to win in the run game. we got to chew up as much clock as we can and leave it out of Brady's hands. Anything can happen. Let's go, Washington football team. I take the skins to win 17-14 in a low score. Very mirroring what you said, George. They have to hold the Bucs under 20 points to have a chance in this game, and I'm not sure that that's going to be possible. Something that John said, um, he talked about Bruce Arians um, giving respect to Washington football and saying um, that they're a 5 and one team with Alex Smith. Something else Bruce said, um, he told uh, young Chase, be careful what you wish for. And that was when he was calling out Tom Brady. Now we're getting uh, to the end here. I want to give you guys each of um, a last chance to kind of uh, make a point for your team and why you think they'll be victorious this Saturday, 8-15 NBC, Saturday night football. Luds, you're the guest. You go first. 
So I think the key to the game is the Buccaneers getting off to a fast start like they have the past few weeks. That's the key. If the Washington D-line can make adjustments after the first half, I think they can keep it close. But I do see the Buccaneers win in this game probably 28-13. to 28-13. I give the the Washington football team 13 points. 13 points. All right, George, how are you guys going to pull off the upset? Paint it out for us. I am taking I'm taking my team and I think it's because of intangibles and I think it's because our heart. I will say Tampa Bay is a better football team than the Washington football team. However, we've gone through a lot more than Tampa Bay has this year. And with Ron Rivera and the pride that's in that organization right now in that locker room and the mojo we have, yeah, we know everyone's talking about what the Eagles did. Nobody's talking about us. They gave us the game. We don't belong here. Okay. We'll show you why we belong here and beat the Buccaneers 17 to 14. Ooh. I mean, George, you called it, bro. The adversity, everything from the woke name change to Daniel Snyder's shenanigans to Ron Rivera's cancer treatment to the Dwayne Haskins stripper. Sh- um, it, I'll leave that. I'm, I'm not going to put that on. <laughs> <laughs> everything y'all have gone through. And I didn't even mention Alex Smith's gruesome leg injury. You guys are a comeback story. I mean, you guys, you guys are the comeback team of the year. Let's see if you can come back this Saturday night. Now, normally to wrap up the show, we have Luds shoot with us, but we're taking that privilege away because Jeff is too biased in this game. So we are going to shoot with skills. So I'm going to be your guest picker this week. And as of right now, the Washington football team is a plus eight underdog to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Washington is a home dog. And I will always pick a dog because a dog will always fight in his own backyard. So I've got Washington football team plus eight, but I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning and advancing. Bucks 27-20. Guys, I cannot wait for this game. My Cowboys are already preparing for the NFL draft, and I can't let you guys get out of here before I give one more stat about my Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Mike McCarthy. The past two years, when the Dallas Cowboys don't score 30 or more points, we're 0-16. Please draft us some defense. I'm sorry I had to get that in there. But Luds, thank you so much for being here, man. You've been the biggest contributor to the show the entire season. The fact that you're in, stu- in studio means a lot to both of us. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, Luds. thank you for having me on all season, guys. I look forward to it next season. Um, hopefully the East will be a little better. Some of these picks might <laughs> we, be a little easier on me. God, we hope but, so. Uh, no, I appreciate all you guys tuning in. And if you did win some money on me, then um, let's let's keep it going, you know. 10%, kid. <laughs> we do, we do got to cut, cut loads right. a little bit because I just checked, actually, um, because of me reading that ad, George, we have now made a dollar and 63 cents. Let's go. Oh, dollar beers are out. We eating. eating. We eating because this is the NFC East. Feast. Feast.